they actually could hear Christmas carols being sung in German, Christmas carols being sung in French, Christmas carols being sung in English, of course, rising up from the trenches, and the soldiers were giving out, you know, sea rations and whatever they had in the form of gifts. So we see that there is something about this time of the year that brings a certain feeling that where hearts can indeed be brought together and differences put aside and set aside, you know. And so it is a time of celebration and joyous time. But at the heart of all that, we should be very, very mindful of understanding why Jesus came, why we celebrate the birth of Jesus, beyond the commercialism, obviously, and beyond, beyond the gift giving, but realizing that, that God gave the ultimate gift. He gave his son. Over the last couple of two or three Sundays, we, we retraced where, uh, back from um, why Jesus had to come, looking in the book of Isaiah, mankind or ancient Israel had become so perverse and everything that the only way that God was going to be able to save man and bring him back to him by sending um, um, a savior. And Isaiah prophesied with great detail when and where he was going to be born. We also talked about how, um, in addition to, to the need, how it was carefully orchestrated how Jesus would get here. And we looked at the annunciation of Jesus where um, the, uh, Gabriel the angel came to Mary. And through that we saw that there was a lesson because at first Mary professed doubt. Remember she said to the angel, how can this be? How can I be with child and I knew not a man? So he expressed doubt. She expressed doubt. And then the angel came back and gave some reassurance to her and said, with God, all things are possible. And then finally, Mary surrendered and said, okay, be it unto me as you will. All right. And so that's a life lesson for us, because many times when God comes to us and announces that this is what I'm going to do for you, or this is what I will have you do right away, that doubt rises up. And then if we listen, God will reassure us. He'll come back and say, you can do all things through me. And then what we need to be careful to do is simply to surrender and say to God, yes, God, I will do whatever you tell me to do. Amen. So we looked at that. And so now I want to look at a little bit about what were the events then. Okay. Mary was, Mary had conceived. Now, what were the events that led to the, to the birth of Jesus? And then also how the demonic plot to keep us, to keep mankind from God, started way back in the garden. And it continued. The whole time that Jesus was being born, the whole thing continued. Directly after his birth, the whole thing continued. Up until this day in the, 20, the 21st century, it still continues, where the, the enemy tries to pervert and tries to um, uh, distract us away from the will of God and tries to undo all that Jesus is today. So I want to look at today, how was that trying to, to how, how did it happen during the birth and right after the birth of Jesus? And what are the life lessons in there? And this is not to detract away from this joyous season at all. This is a joyous time. But if you really understand what was happening and what was going on there, it makes you appreciate the season even more. Because you can see that God had a plan. God's plan was tried. It tried to, they tried to thwart God's plan. But it did not happen, and it shall not happen. Amen? So let's go to Luke, the second chapter of Luke. <clears throat> second chapter of Luke. Luke 2. And we're going to start with verse number 1. Luke 2, verse number 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus 
that all the world would be registered or taxed. And this registration was first made when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, every one into his own city. Now underline his own city. Okay. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, underline Bethlehem, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David. Now you can see right there where God's plan is, is, is working out because because of this, of this um, secular requirement, if you will, for the world to be taxed. This was a reason to get Joseph and Mary out of where they were and to where God wanted them to be. Now, he had to go to his own city because uh, he had to go to Bethlehem. Bethlehem, by the way, means house of bread. And you've often, often heard of Jesus referred to as the bread of life. Amen. Bethlehem means house of bread. But also because, because Joseph was of, was of the, the lineage of David, which is where obviously Jesus was born. And as it was prophesied that the Savior would be born from that lineage, so God... God was working, getting Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, not yet born, to the place where God wanted them to be. So God will often use the things of man, the point that I'm making here, God will often use the things of man to bring about his purpose, okay? In this case, it happened to be the taxation, the registration. Man's law was to bring people to where they were born. This was working right into where God wanted them to be. And the same thing can happen in our lives. Many times there are secular things that are going on around us that will will require us to conform to that requirement, but God will use those things, those secular things, those worldly things, to bring about his purpose in our lives, all right? So don't think just because, you know, something comes up and you get um, called to jury duty or something like that, you know, okay, like happened to us, uh, called to jury duty, God will take that thing, and you don't realize it at the time, to work a purpose. You know, it certainly did in my life. It made me see that, boy, even when I think it's impossible that God was there, amen? So God will use things in the secular world to still bring about his purpose. All right, so continuing into verse number five, to be registered with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, an angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were very much afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, underline fear not, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Please underline a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And one thing that we should never, ever, ever forget when things are going difficult in our lives, that Jesus Christ is indeed our Savior. He was sent here for a purpose to, to return man to God, man to God, and he is your, your personal Lord and Savior. And if you remember back when you first confessed um, the Lord Jesus as your Savior, when you first became, quote-unquote, born again, what did you say? You said that you confessed Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. So never forget that he is indeed your Savior. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Now underline the word babe because this shows some importance later on. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. 
And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go into Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe, underlined the babe, and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Now you see, Mary is still thinking about all this that's going on, you know. And when I see that, when I read that scripture, I think about that wonderful, that beautiful song, Mary, Did You Know? You know, and, and the first time I read that, I thought about that song. And at one point in the song, it says, Mary, did you know that you would one day kiss the face of God? So she was still wondering, Holy Spirit, this immaculate conception, how is this going on? You know, what is this meaning to me? All right. Mary kept all of these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. So here we see how in the fields there the angelic host showed up. <clears throat> and uh, interesting, again, whenever the angels appear, they always say, fear not, amen, which separates them from demonic forces that may show up in your life. You know, they want you to bow down and worship them, whereas the angels always say, fear not. All right. So they see he was born as a babe. So then we move forward. Let's go to Matthew. Go to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 2. Okay. So he was born as a babe. He was there in the manger. And the shepherds uh, came to visit him and so forth. Now in chapter 2, starting at verse 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod. Let me just see if I want to go back. Uh, yeah, okay. In the days of Herod, the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Okay. Now, Herod in scripture is a type of the devil. Okay. Herod in scripture is a, is a type of the devil. He, he is evil, evil incarnate, if you will. Um, and you'll see why in a, in a, in a little bit. So, you know, the, the Bible, when it says it's a type of something, it means that it, 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 it's, it's symbolic of or this person is driven by, in some cases, actual the devil himself. And obviously he had to be driven by, by evil, by what he wanted to do. But you see, in the days of Herod, the king behold, um, the king behold there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying... Where is he that is born king of the Jews? Underline king of the Jews. Where is he that was born king of the Jews? For we have seen the star in the east and are come to worship him. Underline seeing that we have seen the star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Underline he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Now why would he be troubled? And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where the Christ should be born. Okay? You see, now, he did not know where the child was supposed to be born. But obviously, he and the chief priests were upset about this news that the king of the Jews was born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, underline it is written by the prophet, um, and thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule, rule my people Israel. Okay, underline the word uh, Bethlehem there. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. 
Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently um, what time the star appeared. All right. So what, he, what Herod did now, all of a sudden, he's in panic mode. Underline the word diligently there, because he was really, really trying to find out where this baby was. Why was he so, so, so pent up on finding out? You, you know, it was almost like he was in a panic mode here. Where did you see this star? He's inquiring of the wise men. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search diligently for the young child. Underline diligently. Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Underline worship him also. Now, that's a, that's a bald-faced lie. He had no intention of worshiping this child, but he wanted to know where he was, you see, because th- this is supposed to be the Savior of Israel. So he wants to know where he is so that I can worship him. Verse number 9 then says, When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east the first time went before them till he came and stood over where the young child was. Now, please underline young child. Okay, as back in verse number 8, you notice now how it's saying young child before it said babe. <clears throat> saw in the east, went before them till they came upon When they saw the star, they rejoiced in exceeding, with exceedingly great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child, underline young child again, not a babe. They, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto, the, unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. This, incidentally, is where we get the three wise men from. There's no evidence in Scripture that there were just three wise men. We just assume that because there's only three gifts mentioned. But it's just, you know, that's where we get it from. Gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. So, now... What was happening here is that God obviously knew what these, what these, uh, what Herod and his henchmen were up to. All right, and so God told the wise men in a dream, don't go back the way you are, because God knew what Herod wanted to do. Herod wanted to destroy the child. Herod wanted to, to, to stop God's plan. So God spoke to the wise men in a dream, and it says in 12, and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. All right? So, again, as far as everyday life practice is concerned for us, this is where we need to really pay attention to what God is telling us. Either what God is telling us in that still, small voice, or maybe even by a dream. Now, I'm not one, I, I do not interpret dreams. People come to me and say, oh, pastor, I had this dream, and what do you think it meant? And so it meant, and I tell them, you go pray about it, all right, because I'm not a, I, I've, God never gave me a gift of interpreting dreams. But you need to be aware of what you are hearing and feeling in your sleep, you know. And if there is something that you have a dream of, that, that you dream about, you need to, to, to talk to the Lord, you know. Lord, I dreamt so-and-so, and it, and it really impressed me. Is that something that you want me to know there? Is there something there? Or is it just simply the beans I ate last night? Are you okay where you're having some sort of a nightmare? <laughs> Amen, you know? Did I have a bad night? But, but seriously, though, God speaks to us. God spoke to the wise men here, and God speaks to us also, especially when there's times of danger. But many times we overlook those feelings. We overlook Holy Spirit inside of us giving us a warning that something is about to go wrong or something is about to happen. 
So we need to get in the habit of paying attention to what's going on uh, in our lives and, and within our heads. Okay? So, um, <clears throat> seeking to destroy him. Verse 14. When he arose, when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. And was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. <clears throat> then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked by the wise men, was exceedingly angry and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all its, its borders from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. So we see here that from the time that Jesus was born and when the babe was in the manger to the time that the wise men had gone by, approximately two years had elapsed. Okay? Approximately two years had elapsed. So it wasn't like we oftentimes think, you know, the babe is lying in the manger and then the wise men, all the nice nativity scene and everything. I mean, that's great. And I'm not trying to take away from the spirit of Christmas, you know. All I'm just saying is that as children and students of the Bible, we need to understand what is really going on behind the scenes here and how it ties to real life. The devil is insidious and the devil can be tenacious and the devil does not give up. This was about a two-year period of time when they wanted to undo what God, what God wanted to do and what God did do. Amen. God cannot be, God's word will not be thwarted. God's word will not be perverted in your life. Real life practical life application the things that God is working in your life it may have started two years ago it may have started five years ago it may have started ten years ago that does not mean that you don't have a Herod working in your life that is also trying to stop and undo what God has planned for you Amen. So do not think that just because God has given you a dream or God has given you a, a word and, and you know where God has taken you, that it necessarily is going to happen overnight because possibly not. The devil will work sometimes long term. And sometimes things that God has started, it may go a month, it may go six months, it may go a year, it may go a year and a half, it may go two years. Amen. But where God wants to get you to, if you continue following his voice and listening to him, God will get you there. All right. In the meantime, the herods that are there popping up in your life, they will always be there. They will always be there. But the same way the Holy Spirit, God told the, told the wise men, don't go that way. I want you to go here. God will also tell you when to go here or when to go there. Amen? So the story here behind Jesus' birth, you know, and all I'm saying and suggesting to you today is that during this Christmas season when we are enjoying the festivities, which is a good thing, it's a joyous thing, think back and marvel at how when Jesus, as a helpless babe laying in a manger, he had a heavenly host of angels round about him, as you do, Make no doubt about it. You have a heavenly host of angels round about you. That God, you know, guided his father and mom, said, okay, I do not want you to go here. I want you to get up and go to Egypt. That God will also tell you when to leave where you are and to go to where God wants you to be. Because only God knows where the Herod is that is in your life. And we all have those Herods out there that are trying to stop and thwart God's plan for us. Amen? Amen? But all during the time, the same way the devil can be persistent, you know, and try and draw things out, in this case, roughly two years, he can try to do the same thing in your life, but God is supreme. God is ultimate. God is in control of your life. 
no matter what the devil tries to whisper in your ear. Many, many times we wake up in the morning when you've got something to do, especially if it's something really challenging or you have a decision to make, and you're like, oh, Lord, how do I deal with this? It just seems like I just got out of one mess, and now here I am in another one, you know. It just seems like it just never stops. And, you know, yeah, I remember I had a time there that, that the washing machine broke down and whatnot, and we had to scrape together some money to get the washing machine fixed. No sooner we got that fixed, the refrigerator broke down. No sooner we got that fixed, then it was the car, you know. But this was as we were, were, were baby Christians, but those experiences taught us how to trust God and how to see and read and read what was happening in our lives. So through this birth, while many times this time of year, you know, we envision, you know, you know the, the shepherds in the field, we, we envision the star coming, we envision the silent night, and we envision the babe, understand the message that is really under there, how God was intended to save mankind, bring him back to, to him, send a savior, and the devil did not want that to happen. Amen? Did not want that to happen. Okay? So we see uh, again... Uh, verse number 16, then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, seemingly angry and sent forth and slew all the children uh, that were in Bethlehem <clears throat> and all its borders from two years old and, un and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, In Ramah, uh, was, uh, in Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and, and would not be comforted because they were not. You see? So all of this was prophesied to be happened. To happen. Um, Jeremiah, we know that Isaiah talked a lot about the birth of Jesus also. Verse number 19, in winding down here. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Remember, God had told him to go to Egypt. Um, again, You may think you know where you need to be. You may think you need to know where you need to be. God may make what may appear to you as mid-course changes. But wherever it is that God is sending you always was a part of God's plan. It's not that you always know it in advance. Joseph didn't know in advance that he was going to go from here and then to Egypt and so on. He was just diligent to make sure that he followed God's words, God's prompting. All right? But when, when Herod was dead, the golden angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead who sought the young child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus uh, did reign in Judah, Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream. He turned aside into the parts of Galilee, and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. He shall be called a Nazarene. And underline that, please. The prophet said he shall be called a Nazarene. And this is where he became known as Jesus of Nazareth. All right? Jesus of Nazareth. And we, we will stop there. And, and just looking at those few verses on how God's plan to bring Jesus to us so that he could become Lord and Savior to us was well orchestrated and carried out by God, even though there were forces that tried to deter it and tried to stop it. And it's the same thing with us. Jesus, because of what he's done for us and because of the fact that you've accepted him as Lord and Savior, he is in the process of birthing things in you. He's in process of bringing you to where God wants you to be. 
Never lose sight of that. Amen. Never lose sight of it. Don't turn away from it. And seek Holy Spirit constantly for guidance on where it is he wants you to be and how it is he wants you to get there. Amen. And when things rise up in opposition to you, remember that you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. And just trust in God, knowing that he will indeed guide you through. He knows what's happening in your life. He knows what's happening. In the quietest times of your life, when you think that God is not there, that is when he is indeed there. And he's guiding, you know, he's guiding there uh, to watch over you. So praise God. I hope this message has been a blessing to you in the name of Jesus. And now, before we close, let us prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings.